really great to have you here. So I'm going to share, and my goal is always to not speak for too long, uh, but I not, do not have a very good reputation in that space. So we will, we will see. Uh, but what I'm speaking with today is uh, on uh, continuing with our, our series on abide and abiding in, the, in God's word and the power and beauty of God's word. And the section that we are looking at today is John chapter 8. And the word sets us free. And this is an area that is, uh, or an aspect of the word that has been so, is close to my heart. And I feel like God uses uses me in this area and I'm passionate about the importance and the value of the Word of God and how it sets us free. And uh, the key scriptures that I want us to, that are the focus this morning uh, in John 8 is verse 31 and 32. And, and so I just want to read those first before we go back to the beginning of, of John chapter 8. And it says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if you've been around the word of God or a Christian for a while, you'll perhaps know the scripture and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And, and someone might have quoted it to you, etc. But in the pre preparing of it, of, of this message, was really that it starts in verse 31, where Jesus says to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, and right there, that's the, the topic of the series that we, are, that we are working through, abiding in the word. And if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. And, and in that place, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I'm going to unpack it a little bit more uh, a little later. But I, I wanted to rewind to the beginning of of chapter 8 in, um, in John. And in John, John's heart is revealing Jesus. And the chapter starts with a story of, of a woman and some men. And the interaction between them. And if you can picture and just put yourself into the picture of and the story of what is happening in this situation. And, and maybe try and say, where am I? Who am I in this story? Who do you identify with? Because as we do that, the, the Bible is meant to be, it is a living book. It is alive and active. And it's not meant to be something that we 
tick off at the end of the day. Quickly, I'll just quickly read the verse of the day and listen to the video that someone else, it's someone else's revelation. And tick off that I've done that. Okay, I'm, I, I'm in the Word. That's not abiding in the Word. And, and so as I'm reading the story, this is one of the ways that can help you with knowing what the Bible says, with abiding in the Word, being able to allow the Word to become life to us, is put yourself in stories. Uh, hear Jesus saying something to you. Say, who do I relate to? Where does this fit for me? And so, and so reading the story here, um, as I say, it's a woman and some men. There are believers and there are people who don't believe. Then at dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts again. And soon all the people gathered around to listen to his words. So he sat down and taught them. Then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and made her stand in the middle of everyone. So can you picture the, 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 the setting? Jesus is, he's in the temple courts, and I'm not sure if he called people. Maybe his disciples were like, guys, come listen to Jesus. This is amazing. What he says might, will change your life. And they're gathering. And as he speaks, people gather to come. Are you maybe one of the people who gather to come and hear him, but you're like, what is he saying? What is, what's happening? What's going on? You're curious. Maybe you're one of the curious. And while Jesus is teaching, yo, there's some rude people who come along. Who are they? They are the religious scholars and the Pharisees. Broke through the crowd and brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery. And so those people, they interrupted Jesus' teaching. Can you picture it? And they're wearing their robes so that everyone can see how religious they are. Now, religious is those, they were those of us in the community who know the word of God very well. So if you want to know what the Bible says, you would go and speak to these guys. But where were they? What were they doing? How were their hearts? Their level of belief? And they interrupted Jesus' teaching. Maybe they, they didn't really honor or think that he had much to say or share. But... They made this woman stand right in the middle. How was she feeling, do you think? Yo, maybe that's how you feel sometimes. You feel exposed. You feel guilty, perhaps. Verse 4, then they said to Jesus, Teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. 
Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us, what do you say we should do with her? Do you think they were compassionate? Is there compassion and love flowing? They are applying the truth. Yes, Moses did say some stuff. Verse 6. They were only testing Jesus because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the law of Moses. So they are applying truth. They are saying, here is the truth. But what did Jesus do? Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bent down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Angry, they kept insisting that he answer their question. So Jesus stood up and looked at them and said, here's where truth, real truth is starting to be applied. Let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. And then he bent over again and wrote some more words in the dust. And so many people muse, what was Jesus writing in the dust? Do you think he was writing the sins of this woman in the dust? Maybe that is what you're thinking. Just picture yourself. You're the curious person watching on the side there. Or maybe you're feeling right now, well, I was, I'm that woman. And Jesus is exposing all the things that I've done, writing them for everyone to see. I don't think that's what he was writing. Maybe he was writing the Pharisees' names. Maybe the truth that he was speaking but he was writing. Silent pauses are sometimes very beneficial for Holy Spirit to be able to work in our hearts. But Jesus said, let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. Upon hearing that, her accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time beginning with the oldest to the youngest, with a convicted conscience. Until finally, Jesus was left alone with the woman, still standing there in front of them. So he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. Jesus said, Then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on, be free from a life of sin. Wow. Wow. So the accusers, the, the religious people, the pastors, the, the, the study, the, the theologians who are studying, they were applying truth. They were bringing truth. 
you could say that maybe their definition of know the truth should have set them free. But their way of knowing the truth was just head knowledge. I know, I know what the law of Moses says in my head. But was it bringing freedom? It wasn't bringing freedom. It was bringing bondage. It was bringing condemnation and guilt and shame. And it was head knowledge. And I don't think that that's what Jesus was talking about here. But there are many of us that think that I'm going to be speaking and, and speaking to you about uh, you must have a head full of knowledge of the Bible. And yes, we need to know the Bible. We need to study the Bible. We need to walk and know the, our theological uh, perceptions of it. But it starts with, abide in my word. And then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And if we look at the story, just staying there, uh, Jesus, yes, the, 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 the people who brought that, uh, the Pharisees, etc., they were right. But they, they speak that when you do that, that the law of Moses said that you needed two witnesses for someone to be judged and condemned. And Jesus knew that. And it was like he could have pronounced her guilty, but there was only one left. And so Jesus worked the situation so well because he spoke truth, and the truth brought conviction. And the Pharisees' hearts were the ones that were convicted. And I, I put this, this, these scriptures up in the Passion Translation. And one of the, one, uh, one of the, um, the notes given by the person translating said that in this, the Pharisees were the ones that don't believe. They are the unbelievers. The woman who was the one who was meant to be being convicted, she was, it was like she was the one believing in Jesus. And when she spoke to him, she said, I see no one, Lord. The word that she uses there for that word, Lord, was, is one that is the Lord of all, the, the maker, the creator. She had a revelation and it's like she believed in Jesus, right there, just as she saw his heart of compassion and love, she put her faith in him. She believed in him. And she said, I see no one, Lord. And Jesus speaks truth. And he says, go, and from now on be free from a life of sin. And I believe that woman was set free from the bondage of sin. As she got that. And so 
I want to go back to, to, well, go on a little bit further in the chapter, actually, going to our key verses, verse 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And, and so after this, uh, this exchange with the Pharisees, Jesus is, is talking with the Pharisees and, and speaking to them and trying to get them to understand what he is really speaking. That he's not speaking about freedom in a physical world, but spiritually as well. And it says here, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. What does that word abide mean? The word abide means where you stay, where you live. You are abiding in that place. You, live, you're, you're, you know what that place looks like and you're able to describe it. And so the picture or a, a, an illustration for this that I thought of is I... Well, there is a, a young person who, who has moved and has been posted here in Peter Maritzburg. And uh, a friend of ours told us about her. And, he, and so he gave me her number and I called this person. And it was before they knew where they were going to stay. They hadn't rented a place or whatever. And so I was speaking with her about Peter Maritzburg and describing to her the different places. But I was telling her, and I was, I was able to describe to her Peter Maritzburg because I abide here. I live here. And so I could tell her about it. It was like, yeah, well, in this area, this is what it's like. And in this suburb, that, that is what it's like. And and so she was doing research, whatever. She uh, found a flat in Hilton, and she is staying, and she's staying with someone. And I had coffee with her 10 days ago. And just, how are you doing? How are things going? And now she is talking, and we are just talking about the roads drive, being dri that you can drive down from Hilton to Peter Maritzburg, and Old Howick Road, the potholes, and the roadworks on the highway, and which road is better to take, and sometimes she takes Sweetwaters, and she can talk about the place now, because she is abiding here. But before that, she couldn't talk about the place I could, and the difference between talking to her before she came here, she only heard about it. She maybe read about Peter Maritzburg, she did research, she looked on Google Maps, etc. But she hadn't abided here. I want to ask you, are you abiding in the word like this young lady is now that she lives here? Or are you looking at the word like on Google Maps? Like, I just check in on the YouVersion Bible app and just do the verse of the day. And someone else has actually prepared that and done work. But when you abide in the Word, I want to challenge you as young people, young believers, well, not just young people, young believers, don't just camp on and Abiding in the word is not just benefiting from someone else's work. And that's all you do. That is not abiding in the word. 
That is like looking at Google Maps to know what Peter Maritzburg's like. And yes, we can see the terrain and you can see the roads and whatever, but you are not going to know the city. You are not going to know your word, the Bible. You are not going to be able to have a verse that is going to set you free in the moment that you need it when there's a temptation that's going to reinforce you. So you need to abide in the word. You need to do work living with the word, reading it, working it through. Yes, it's good to read what other people say and you can really benefit from that. They are teaching you but you need to dig the word yourself. And I seek to do that with my children, is try and teach them. It's not enough just to, okay, I've read the Bible. Ding, 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 okay, three minutes, I'm good, tick. That is not going to give you freedom. That is not going to set you free. That is not knowing the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen? We want to grow. We need, we need this. We need to be free. Uh, on this verse, on this um, slide, I put two, ver the, the two versions, the ESV, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The Passion Translation speaks and says, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. You can know the truth, but you need to embrace it. You need to take it into your life, eat it, sw swallow it, chew on it, meditate on it. The word for meditate is... Uh, is the same word as is used for a, a cow chewing its cud. And a cow chews the word of God. Uh, the cow chews the grass. Uh, it, it chews it. A cow has four stomachs. So it first eats it. And then it chews the grass a little bit. And it gets a little bit of goodness. But not much. And it swallows the grass, and then it actually brings it up again, and it chews the grass a little bit more, and then it swallows it again, and it goes into another of its stomachs, and then it brings it up again, and it chews it more. So uh, can you imagine yourself for uh, Jacques saying TMI, too much information? Okay, when you're, when you're, okay, maybe I should, maybe my son will appreciate this kind of thing. He's like, mom, I'm hungry and I don't have any food for him. I'll just be like a cow. <laughs> and you'll have something more to chew. And it's maybe a not a good illustration, uh, or not a pleasant illustration, but maybe you'll remember it. That is how we need to be with the word of God. That is what the word meditate on it means. This word, know, know, recognize, acknowledge. Do you recognize the word of God? Do you recognize the different words and terms? Cynthia, 
I want to I honor her. Whenever we pray, whenever we're in prayer, whenever we're talking, Cynthia is marked by knowing the Word of God. She does not let a moment go by where she brings, and I'm reminded of this verse, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Cynthia, you're a walking, talking Bible um, reference person. But why? Because she's abiding in the Word. And it keeps you, it keeps you, keeps you walking in freedom. Going on a little bit, uh, a couple of verses later, Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. You'll be a slave to sin if you're practicing sin. And verse 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But that freedom is, how does that freedom come? It is not just Jesus. Well, sometimes it is. Jesus just says, and we pray for you, and you become free. And you're just free from that sin, that stuff that has been tripping you up and entangling you. Sometimes Jesus does do that. But so often it's not that way. It is as we apply the word, as we walk in the word. And what does it mean to be free? You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is that freedom? And um, uh, we, I, I saw, we saw an article uh, last night and it was, what does freedom mean? And this guy said, I recently asked a group of high school students this question. What does freedom mean? After some discussion and reflection, they agreed on this definition. Freedom is being able to do what you want with no restraint. Okay? Being able to do what I like. Just let me do what I like. Have any of you heard that? With Trish, your children at school, I just want to do what I like. Stop telling me what to do without restraint. It, would that be nice? Gukle, how do you think? How would your school go if, 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 if the kids at school? But isn't that what you see? Isn't that how people live? I want freedom, mom. I want freedom. What is it? Freedom is being able to do what you want without restraint. And unfortunately, so many of us think that. But let's break that down a bit. If that is freedom, what does that look like? If we're wanting freedom without restraint, I could say, well, I can have freedom, total freedom, to play the piano without restraint. And I can just go and just be bashing the keys. That's freedom to do what I want. But how much does, how does it sound to your ears if I do that? Do you want to listen to me like that? If you've heard a child, we sometimes have children and they come and play on the drums here after church. And it's just, and there's freedom without restraint. They're just playing the drums whatever way. But 
Which gives more uh, benefit and life? If we just bang on piano keys randomly, or if you follow an instructor whose discipline guides you. The instructor helps you to restrain your actions so that you can use a piano as it was meant to be used. Discipline and restraint are necessary for producing beautiful music. And freedom comes from submitting to the right restraint, not from resisting restraint. Amen? And, and so, if you will embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives, as the Passion Translation says from verse 32. And uh, when we were in prayer, uh, and I was saying this, Stella reminded us of a quote that was, came from the prayer course that we did last year. And they said, oh, not the prayer course, the Alpha course. What is freedom? Freedom is the ability and the, 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 the ability and the space to be able to choose between right and wrong. And that is a good definition of freedom. And Jesus says here, so if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And in the Passion Translation, um, where it says, I speak eternal truth, Jesus said. When you sin, you are not free. You become a slave in bondage to your sin. And what is that? Sin, sin is something that is the, dev the enemy, our enemy, is all around. He is wanting to trip us up. He is wanting to keep us in freedom and to bring us bring us into bondage and and looking at just a little bit further Jesus speaks to the religious scholars scholars and Pharisees and he describes describes the enemy and and so uh, verse 43 Jesus says to them why don't you understand what I say you don't understand because your hearts are closed to my message, firstly. So their hearts are not open to actually hearing the truth. You are the offspring of your father. Imagine telling the religious Pharisees and the theologians, you are the offspring of your father, the devil. I bore. And he's saying it in a crowd of people who um, have been taught from childhood to be looking up to these people. These are the people that have the words of truth. But it is religious. It's just in their heads. And he says, you are the offspring of your father, the devil, and you serve your father very well, passionately carrying out his desires. So who is this devil? Who is this enemy that, that he's talking about? This is how he describes him. He's been a murderer right from the start. He never stood with the one who is the true prince. For he's full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue. He is a master of deception and the father of lies. 
And so the devil, all he wants to do is come and trip us up. All he wants to do is lie to us. And how do we know? How do we know what is truth and what is lies? We abide in the truth. We abide in the word. As we know the word, it will show us, it will, our consciences will be, um, will be heightened to know this is right and that is wrong. That is part of what freedom is, the ability to choose right and wrong. And, but when we are in bondage, when we are uh, locked in a, in, a, in a place where we, we don't have freedom to move, that is bondage. We don't have the space to be able to choose right and wrong. And where does that come from? It comes so often where we, something goes wrong in our lives. We experience a wound. Uh, uh, someone, someone, like say, maybe your boyfriend breaks up with you. And you, you that is really, it's an event that is really painful to you. Your boyfriend breaks up with you. And you're like, what is going on? Why is that? And the, the stories that start coming to you, your mind is, well, maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe, maybe there, there's other people who, who he thinks are better than me. I'm not so good. And he is, and your li the lies, the devil is, is bringing lies to your head and breaking you down. And then he starts saying to you, well, um, you're not good enough. You maybe, you're not going to ever get married. There are no good guys in this world. Can you hear the lies? And they're building, but it's come from a wound. It's come from from something that has hurt you. And he's bringing the lies. He's, he's putting dirty stuff into your heart in that place. And if we don't deal with it, that becomes our truth. And we are not seeing and giving space for that truth to be cleaned out. And... I was thinking about this whole thing of getting wound, uh, being wounded, and I remembered a story that Jacques told me about when he was, uh, when he was a child, he was, he is an adventuresome soul, and so he would get into lots of situations where he hurt himself a lot, but there was one, uh, one space where he was on his bike and riding in the gravel and he fell off his bike <laughs> into the gravel and on his knee knees there were just these huge grazers these huge open his skin was peel, uh, was uh, was off and just can you imagine can you picture have you had that <laughs> where you have um, you, you've fallen and your knee, your area is, is all grazed and there was so much muck in the wound and he went home crying to his mom and all he wanted, he knows, plasters are what fix things. 
And so, mom, put a plaster. Mom, please, can you just put a plaster on it? But his mom is a wise mom. And she took disinfectant and she washed it. And she washed it. But it wasn't enough to just wash that spot with the disinfectant. She had to get, she got cotton wool, dipping it in the disinfectant and wiping and taking tweezers and had to take out the bits of dirt, the bits of stone and whatever out of that. And Jacques was just, it, he was crying. It was so painful. And he just like, mommy, stop, mommy, stop. Just leave it. Just leave it like it is. Can we just leave it like it? Just put the plaster on. I'm sure it'll get better. But his mom would not stop. And he remembers to this day, he remembers that event because it was so painful. But he was like just, and, and she was like, she wouldn't stop until she had taken all the bits of gravel out of that wound. And then she put the disinfectant powder on and the plaster and whatever. And that is what when Jesus said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That is what Jesus is wanting for us, is that the, the muck and the dirt, that we come to him and we allow him to take those lies out of our hearts. Because when we are wounded, if we, if we leave that gravel in that wound, it's, it's got bacteria on it, it's got stuff. The bacteria are, are they want to multiply and just make that wound a huge mess. And it's way worse. But if you will, and it's the same with our hearts, where we've been wounded, where there's been pain. And we need to come to God and allow him to apply the truth in a way that, is, uh, that comes and, and, and replaces the lies that the enemy has spoken to us. And so for us to allow him uh, to do that. And that's what we do in, in when, we, when we do have times with you, with Sozo, our Sozo ministry, which is inner healing, is we allow the Lord to show us, to show you, where are the lies in your life? Where are the wounds that have come? And, and the wounds that have come and the lies that are associated with those wounds. And allowing the Lord to remove those lies by displacing them with the truth. And it's, and it's as he speaks truth, not just head knowledge, not just knowing it in our heads here, but uh, it becoming rhemer and applying it and having life on it. And, um, and sometimes we can't come to a sozo session all on our own. Every time we experience things that are difficult, sometimes the person that we need to hear the truth from the most is ourselves. Because we have heard the truth, because we've abided in the truth, we have heard it, we know it, and we must apply it, we can apply it to ourselves. And I want Abby to come and just read to you 
uh, read to you a letter that she wrote to herself near the end of last year. So she was feeling really overwhelmed with life. Okay? Her life is not just, okay, I float on the clouds and then I come second in class. In, not in class, in the grade. That's not how life works. She was really feeling overwhelmed with her exams, with the thought of matric this year, with, uh, with what am I going to do, and also just uh, processing uh, the, the, the fact of moving from being a child where his life is fun and happy and free and the amount of responsibility you have. And Abby's loved her childhood to being an adult and, and her processing that and the significance of that, the, that part. And so I just said to you, this just expressed so well and is so powerful speaking the truth to yourself. So go for it. This is going to sound cheesy and Pinterest quotey, but it's okay to feel bad sometimes. It's okay to not feel all sunshine and roses. It's okay to not immediately be able to give your anger and frustration over to Jesus and be done with it. That would be amazing, but it's okay to hang on to a bit and just feel. Not wallow, just feel. It's okay to feel down and scared and like you can't do it sometimes. You don't always have to be the one smiling and encouraging people and not letting yourself acknowledge that you're scared. It's okay to be scared of next year. Heck, you probably should be. But hey, again, cheesy Pinterest quote vibes, you've got this. It's no use sitting around waiting for someone else to tell it to you when the best person to hear it from is yourself. You are strong and capable and hardworking. Of course you have moments when you forget or you feel tired or lonely and that's okay. It's okay to not always be able to hold yourself to your highest standards. We're humans, we make mistakes. It's okay to break a bit sometimes and not be sure. It's okay to doubt a bit and feel unsure and insecure. As long as you keep holding on to God and don't let your buried doubts slowly separate you from the one thing holding you together. Bring them out into the light. They're nothing new to him, nothing he hasn't seen and can't refute. Let your doubts become your areas of greater strength. Stop looking outwards for affirmation. With God on your side, there's nothing you can't do if it's part of his plan. Be willing to be flexible, but it's okay to admit that bending hurts sometimes. Help others and put them first, but be honest about your feelings and opinions. You've done well this year. You've grown so much and have developed in many areas. You worked so hard. Don't focus only on what you didn't do, but rather on what you did do. So often you let yourself get distracted by what you aren't doing or haven't done and let that detract from what you have achieved and accomplished. You are not a failure. You are not a fluke. Nobody can measure your life and achievements against their own because we're all different. Please don't let frustration steal from your joy. Feel the emotion, acknowledge it, process it, and move forward, stronger than ever. You've had an incredible childhood. You've had so much fun. It's a bittersweet period as you move forward, from childhood into adulthood. Don't ever forget, but don't let remembering weigh you down or detract from the joy of the present. You've got this. Smile. It's so beautiful, and God loves to see you smile. So, Abby is journaling. That is what she's doing. She's writing 
She wrote a letter to herself. And you can do that too. But if you knew the word, if you know the word, you'll pick up the different things that the Bible was saying, the places that she was referring to in the letter that she was writing herself. Because she abides in the word. She reads the word. And it impacts her and it helps her to walk, walk straight and walk free and speak that freedom to yourself. And I'm wanting us to, I want to just ask if the, the media and the sound team can just get ready for showing the the video, I've just got a little video clip as well of Jesus speaking freedom uh, to and forgiveness to Mary Magdalene. And so, and it's from the, the series called The Chosen. And it's a series based on the life of Jesus and the events in the Bible. And the first uh, the first episode of the series starts with Mary Magdalene and her, her being de in bondage, in, uh, in bondage to demons, to just so not in a place of freedom, where she was, uh, she was so bound, so controlled by other things, demons and people and anxiety and not able to live a life of fullness. And the first episode in the first series is where Jesus comes and sets her free. And the incredible thing is that the religious scholars, their, their highest person of the Pharisees, they call him to come and pray for her. Nicodemus and he can't help her nothing happens in this uh, in the first series and it 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 disturbs him greatly but his heart is seeking and it disturbs him greatly and then he sees Mary again Mary Magdalene after Jesus has set her free and he goes like how come what happened to you? And she said, I don't know, but he set me free. And it wasn't you, because everyone was, was telling Nicodemus that it was his stuff. And he realizes, it, it's my knowing God in my head is not what set her free. My incantations, my just saying stuff where I didn't know the truth. He didn't know Jesus, the life. He just, and Nicodemus's heart was searching. But Mary is set free there. And that is what Jesus wants to do for us as we know the truth. But, and Mary is one of Jesus' closest disciples. And then stuff happens and she basically, she goes back to the place where she used to live. And she goes back into that place. So, the devil, the enemy, wants to take you back. He wants to trip you up again. And, he, and so she goes back there, 
And the disciples, the, the, the people, his friends, Jesus' friends, they say, can we go and find her? And Jesus says, go find her. But he waits. He doesn't say, I, I can't remember exactly, but he, he doesn't say go and find her. He waits for them, their heart, to go and find her and bring her back to him. And that is what Jesus wants. That's what happens as we get freedom and we, as we have truth. And so I want you to watch and allow God to impact you, your heart, because this is the truth of who he is to you. And, and then we're going to pray. Oh. And that's what knowing the truth looks like. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free from all the lies that the enemy brings, from the driving that you need to be successful to make it, that you need to pay him back, that you're not good enough, that he doesn't have plans for you, but the truth comes where Jesus touches your heart and the truth touches your heart and it brings a freedom. And it brings a freedom. And I want to just ask Ursula if she can come as our sozo, um, so, uh, as our head of sozo. And I'm going to ask her to just lead us in a little bit of we just want to pray and ask the Lord to identify some lies. But before she comes, as she comes, I just want to read Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. And then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out before us. And I'm, I'm wanting to ask Ursula just to come and to minister. Um, minister that we can do that. That we can let go of some wounds and some sin, and some lies that we believe so that we can run the race well and better. Yeah. Um, I was cleaning yesterday, doing household, and uh, I decided to put my phone on the Bible app and just play, play, um, Colossians aloud, and I was just doing my thing and, and, and just listening to what was spoken, and I remember that I thought I must go back there. I can't remember what it was, but I know there was something that I need to look at 
that I know it, it didn't, I need to line up with that. So I will do that. Um, so I think, you know, when, when, when Jesus points out something, don't just play over it. Don't just move on. If you, did, if you can't write, then deal with it, but write it down and go back to it. Um, so I would like you to close your eyes. And just pray after me. Oh, Jesus. Will you show me something that often plays in my mind? That is actually a lie. Either about myself, what I believe about myself, or, or about you, how you see me, how I see you, or about someone else. Just, Jesus, bring it into the light and expose it so I can free, be free of it. Jesus, I, I, I take out this lie and bring it into the light. It's actually got no space in my life. So I hand it to you and I say, that's it. I won't partner with this lie anymore. It's not mine, and I renounce it in your name, Lord Jesus. So I, I hand you my empty hand, free of that lie. What is the truth that you give me for it? What, did, what, what do you replace it with that I can hold on? And that is truth and light and life. So, Jesus, what is the truth? What do you want me to keep? Did, you, did anyone get a replacement? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. That we don't just have to do that or do that today. You're there every day and living with you, thank you that you free us more and more of those lies that, that influence our lives so that we can walk and, and become freer and freer as we go on through life. Amen.
Father, we thank you for your truth. I want to invite you or encourage you just when you're picking yourself, picking up yourself, speaking lies to yourself, or as Ursula is saying, something that's playing through in your mind. Just stop and note it and then give it to the Lord. Tell him about it. Renounce the lie. Choose to say, I'm not going to partner with that lie. And then ask him, Lord, what is the truth? Because truth displaces lies. The light displaces darkness. So if you will get the truth from him, he will displace it. But as we hear from God, as we may be hearing the truth, we need to know the word of God that it will line up with that, with the word of God that's being spoken, that, that you've read. So, Father, we thank you for your word that brings truth, that sets us free, Lord. And we say that we want to abide in your word and that we will know the truth and that the truth set us free, Lord. So, please, Lord, help us to embrace your truth and bring more freedom into our lives. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Amen and amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels, as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. To join us for in-person services, visit us at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.